Good morning, everyone. It's at least morning for me. <laughs> I want to welcome you to another episode of the Business of Inner Peace. Super excited. I have a wonderful guest on today. Her name is Marnie, and she embodies faith in action while generating aha moments of perspective. Welcome to the Business of Inner Peace. I'm your host, Erin Jean, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's pretend we're sitting in my living room enjoying a cup of coffee or tea and getting to know each other just a little better. That's what I love. I love getting to hear your story. I love feeling connected by the spirit of understanding that our stories bring. Today, I'm sharing some of my story, but I hope someday soon you'll be telling me yours. Listen, I know that you're feeling overwhelmed with life and nothing is exactly how you'd like it to be. Your marriage is not what you hoped for. Motherhood is harder than you imagined. And you've lost yourself somewhere in the mix of responsibilities. Well, if you're ready to bring some more peace and joy into your life, reconnect with God who made you, and start living a life you love, then grab your cup of coffee or tea, and let's dive into today's show. I'm so excited to introduce to you today, Marnie. She is known as a mentor to millions. Her full name is Marnie Sweetberg, and she's an international leadership mentor, the author of 14 books, and the host of her own radio talk show, and a keynote speaker for organizations around the world. Welcome, Marnie. I'm so honored to have you on today. Erin, hi, everybody. <laughs> um, you tell me once again, how many years have you been married? 40. This year is 40, 40 for us. I know I was not born when I got married. <laughs> I know. I was like, that's a huge accomplishment. And you look like you were really. <laughs> you know, funny. It's funny. Our bodies, um, our bodies kind of tell us how old we are a little bit, but our brains just never really do age. Um, and it's, it's so odd to think of myself as being old enough to be married for 40 years. Cause I don't even feel 40 yet. <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. I tell that to my kids all the time. I don't, I still feel like I'm a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to hear a little bit of your story and how you've remained married for 40 years. Um, mm. as you know, I, I talk to women about marriages all the time and, I'm sure there is some wonderful advice and nuggets that they can glean from you. Mm, I would love to do that. Um, I have two little stories I want to share. One of you, one of them was, so I'm the speaker in our family. My husband is great. He's taught Sunday school and he's led businesses and all kinds of things in corporate America and all that, but he doesn't really consider himself like a public speaker. And so he was on a missions trip to the Philippines at one point without me. And uh, he called one night and he says, help help. They said they're having a marriage conference. And because I'm the American, I get to speak. He goes, what can I talk about? Give me some stuff. So we talked a little bit and then, uh, you know, prayed and then he got off and then he went to lead this uh, marriage conference. And the, so when the next time I got to talk to him, I said, Hey, how'd that marriage conference go? 
And he said, well, Marnie, I didn't say much. And then what I did is I just got down on my knees and he said, I just told him, actually, this is how you stay married is you stay on your knees. And that's actually, if I could sum up any advice I could give you, that's just it. Keep running to Jesus, right? Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, Dave and I are so different. Our first year of marriage was just about death um, to us and to the marriage because we're both super strong-willed leaders. Um, and so we come together and it's like, whoa, this is rough to try to have two this bullheaded people in the same house. And we found we didn't have a lot in common other than Jesus, um, but he is enough. I'll just tell you that. <laughs> so anyways, we were going and got down the road. And have you, are you a gardener, Aaron? I am not. I actually okay. joke that I like, I kill everything. And my husband is <laughs> green thumb. <laughs> oh, see, that's us too. So Dave is the gardener and every spring he would go out to the garden. He would rototill. Have you ever heard of a rototiller? It's, it's a machine instead of having to hand till to, you know, get the soil softened up in Northern Minnesota, way up on the Canadian border, which is where we lived for 30 years. Um, it was so hard. The soil was so hard. He'd get a machine and it would, it would rotate, it would till up the soil. But if you watch somebody rototilling, it's hilarious because it nearly shakes the person to death while it's doing it. It's. <laughs> so funny to watch anyway this one day he comes in from rototilling the garden and he goes marnie i think i rototilled my wedding ring into the garden i'm like no he said yeah it's gone and then he rented uh you know a metal detector and he found all kinds of stuff in the garden like a junkyard, but no ring, no ring. So anyway, but he's the gardener, not me. So later, later, yeah, years later, then um, one day he's walking out the door and he says to me, and I was homeschooling our kids. So I was home full time and he was doing the corporate thing. And he walks out the door in the morning and he says, oh, by the way, if you have some time today, can you pick the beans out of the garden? And like a good wife, I'm like, sure. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You know, and gets him out the door. And then when he's out the door, my thoughts go, beans pick the beans I hate picking beans I don't even like beans I don't like gardening I don't really much like you right now (laughs) (laughs) but later in the day there was this perfect opportunity for me to go pick beans so I grabbed my bucket and my bad attitude and I headed out to the garden and I started picking beans and plopping them (laughs) into this bucket and thinking very nasty thoughts about everything involved. Cause I just figured, you know, I can go to the store and buy a bag of beans from the freezer section for 69 cents at the time or whatever it was. Yeah. So I'm just long picking beans and all of a sudden God spoke. And when I say God spoke, I did not hear a voice. The angel, the, you know, clouds didn't part. However, there was a thought very clearly in my mind that had no business being there because of how I was thinking. But the thought came like this, Marnie, is there nothing for which you can be thankful right now? (gasps) It was so shocking to me. And I knew it was God. And I'm like, yes, yes, I'm sure there must be. So I started kind of looking around and it was a beautiful day. And I said, thank you. It's just absolutely gorgeous out here. I hadn't really noticed. And, um, I was thinking, wow, the mosquitoes aren't eating me. That's amazing in northern Minnesota. And then I had a friend who was at that time laying flat on her back um, because her back had given out. And I thought, thank you for a body that can pick beans. And thank you for Dave. I don't like his beans, but I really like him. So I'm going down the row and pretty soon I come along a little bean plant. And on that bean plant is hanging his wedding ring. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know. And it just so happened to be two or three days before our 10th wedding anniversary. And I had been praying, God, what could I give him for our anniversary? That would really be special. And, you know, I love to tell this story, Erin, because it was so beautiful how God knew that if I found that wedding ring with a bad attitude, I would have still found the ring. I still would have had the ring, but it wouldn't have felt the same to me at all as when I got to do it with him, with joy, even though I was unhappy about my circumstances, right? And if I could just speak into you guys as marriages right now, I just want to tell you when your mind is set on your own, it's just out of, it's out of Romans uh, six through eight, the mind that's set on the flesh on gratifying every little desire that we have is hostile toward God. But the mind set on the spirit is life and peace. And that's what happened to me in the garden. I was going along with my mind set on my own stubborn will. I don't like beans. I don't want to pick beans. I hate gardening. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I'm miserable. I'm miserable, right? But as soon as my mind was set on God, on things above, then I got to experience joy while I did the exact same thing I'd been doing before miserably, right? Now I'm delighted doing it and not only delighted, but rewarded. And whether we get the reward now, like a ring on a bean plant, or whether we have to wait till heaven, either way, whatever we do with God will be rewarded for it. And this is inside your marriage and outside. But that's my marriage pit. If you just remember to keep your eyes on Jesus, that marriage is going to work a lot better than if you don't. Yeah, absolutely. God is so good. And I've found, you know, that that is the truth. But sometimes without like, that voice of God moment, it can be so challenging to do the shift. Yeah. Um, Do you have any tips for that? I do. I do. (laughs) Actually. uh, So I like to call, I like to call it a merry-go-round. So if you think about a merry-go-round at a children's park, um, when that thing gets going, it takes a little while to get some momentum up, right? Um, and at first, no problem. You can jump off with no worries, but once it is going fast, it's really scary to jump off more. It feels at that point, once it's going fast, it feels more like you're on a roller coaster. And if you jump, you're going to die. Right. So that's kind of how our thoughts are as well. If we catch these negative thoughts early, um, what happens is we can quickly get off of them and get right back on track. But if we let them build up speed and momentum, there's a delusion there. There's a mirage. There's a lie there that says, if you stop thinking this way, now you're going to die, right? We get that momentum going. It's a lie, but that's all Satan ever has to use with us. He has no power unless we give it to him. So it doesn't say in the Bible that the devil comes against us with great strategies to um, destroy us. No, he comes with schemes. It's always just lies. It's lies. And so whenever you recognize one of these runaway thoughts or a new thought starting that is a non-God honoring thought is all I can say, run it to Jesus. And one of my mentors um, just said, uh, spiritual maturity has nothing to do with what's going on in your life or even what's going on in your thoughts. It has everything to do with how long it takes you to run them to Jesus. I love that. Because we can spend our whole life trying to get closer to God and more mature and everything. But the reality is 
bottom line, it's how long am I going to tolerate non-God honoring thoughts in my mind? That's the whole game right there. That's it. And the faster we can get at that, the more joy and peace we can experience because the more God will be in charge really of what we're believing. And it's all about believing truth over believing lies. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I know I love, I was reading this morning, uh, that Romans 12 too, about taking every thought captive and renewing your mind. And, um, God has given us so many wonderful tools to do that, but I think it's just learning a really great one for you, right? One that, that fits well. So I love that you're offering that merry-go-round analogy, catching them quick. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about, um, just the work that you do and how, Mm. how you got here. Yeah. So for everybody listening, if you hold up your thumb right now and look at it, hold up your thumb and look at it. And that one inch of skin right there on the back of your thumb is so unique to you that it could acquit you or convict you of a crime in a court of law. That's how unique you are. One inch of you could convict or acquit you in a court of law. And then you think about all of you and you, you are so unique. There is nobody else on planet earth. That's like you. Yeah, of course, similar, but nobody like you. And so, because when I was growing up, Erin, I really struggled in school and I didn't really learn how to read well until I was an, an adult. I just struggled. I'd had to sound out words all the time, memorize words and um, reading did not come naturally for me. So school was just really, really hard. And I basically failed my way through until I graduated. And then once I was an adult, I began to be able to read um, without the pressure of school, I think is what it was. I don't know. Just looking back, that's the only thing I can imagine that it was. It could have been a matured brain, but you'd think before I was an adult, I would have had that. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so having gone through school in that way, I basically had to figure out how to do things differently than other people had to do them. And I was always looking for newer, better ways to get done what had to be done because it took me so long to just get the content in my head. And then I couldn't remember it very well. So I believe that what happened with all that training, all those years of training as a child growing up struggling, I, I just looked, I look at things different than other people look at things because I didn't have an easy path there. I had a very difficult path. And so now when I look at things, I see them differently than other people see things. And I believe that's why I've been able to write 14 books and to host large ministries and to do things with people that other people can't do exactly the way I would do them. But I just want you all to know that that's exactly your situation whatever it is that you have in your life, it has caused you to see things through a unique lens that we all need to see and understand in order for the world to be the wonderful place God intended it to be. He placed you on planet earth for such a time as this. He placed me on planet earth for such a time as this. And it's, there's nothing more fun, Aaron, than being fully who we were designed to be in Christ. I have a little one minute video <clears throat> on my YouTube channel and it goes something like this, you know, uh, when the bicycle, when the bicycle won the race, he was feeling pretty good about himself until he saw a race car go by. And then when the race car won the Indy 500, he was feeling pretty good until he saw a jet plane go by. 
And when that jet plane was flying high, it was feeling pretty proud until it saw a rocket ship go up into the sky. And that rocket ship was the best and the biggest and the boldest until it saw a shooting star. And the reality is, is as long as we are comparing ourselves with anybody else, we'll be disappointed with what we were created to be and to do. But as soon as we step fully into this reality that God created us to be a particular person, to do particular things, and that he's already assigned everything we need to our account, at which point there's no fear, there's perfect love casts out fear, there's no fear in love. So anywhere where you're afraid, there's something you're believing about a lie right there. And that's really what I help women do is identify where the lies are and how to bring the truth in. And I do it through books and through trainings and through speaking, through all kinds of collaborations and that kind of stuff. Okay. I was just going to say, do you coach women one-on-one or is it more in a collective? I do. I, I do. I have a big group coaching program over at Marnie.com, which is just my name, M-A-R-N-I-E.com mm-hmm. um, for a group coaching program that every single month we do group coaching together over there. But then also that I do take on a couple one-on-ones, obviously I can't take out too many, but there's, there's often availability for at least a few minutes with that. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I think that those two main things that you've touched on today, both really taking our thoughts captive and um, really bringing it to God on top of realizing how unique and special we are and beginning to actually appreciate who God made us to be, I can identify as super key components for me on turning my whole marriage around and beginning to be in love again and have a marriage that's deep and meaningful. So I pray that whoever's listening out there will really take these things to heart and begin to apply them in her daily life because it's gold. (laughs) (laughs) It is. And one of the things that causes us to lose hope about taking thoughts captive is that we feel like we'll never be able to actually do it. Like the thought I mean, we have habitual thoughts that come all the time, like just thoughts, thoughts barraging us all the time. And how will I ever be able to get out of this swamp of my thoughts and move forward? And in my book, Flow Through Vessel, which I talk about that, you know, we think that we're supposed to be giving people all the good stuff, right? All the time. And I get tired or I get dry or I run out of gas or we say all kinds of things, you know, about that. But really it's God who is providing people with wonderful stuff. He's just flowing his stuff through our lives, kind of like a straw. If you put a straw into ice water and someone takes a drink on the straw, well, they get refreshing water. But if I put my life, my straw into something toxic, well, if they drink on me now, they're going to get toxicity, right? I'm not actually what they're getting. I'm the straw that it's flowing through. And so as we recognize that we are flow through vessels in that book, flow through vessel, I talk a lot about habits because the habit formation starts when we're tiny babies, we start making habits. By the time we're two, we're saying, no, me do it my way. We're very independent operators. And when we come to God, we're very much already self-sufficient and we don't need him. He's actually kind of a bonus thing that we bring into our lives. And most of us don't really spend our lives recognizing that we desperately need him. (laughs) If we're going to do anything wonderful, anything God-like, we need him and anything for eternity, we need him. And so 
as we begin to, as we begin to recognize that we want to change these habits, there's just a process that has to happen for that to occur. And the analogy I just want to share here, because otherwise I feel like you guys are going to get discouraged on your way to taking every thought captive. But let's just say that now you maybe are 30 years old and you've not been taking every thought captive. Every thought's been just running wild and you've just been believing what you've been telling yourself and what other people have told you. And you're now stuck with all these really lies and all these thoughts that are not helpful to you. And you're like, how could I possibly take every thought captive? But if you think of a two pound box of pasta, spaghetti noodles, and you think, okay, I'm going to open this two pound box and I'm going to break it all at once. I'm going to break all those noodles in half all at once. It's not going to happen. There's too many in the box. You can't do it. But how you can do it is you can take a smaller set and you can break a smaller set and another smaller set and another smaller set and another smaller set. And pretty soon you will be able to break that whole box full of pasta noodles down But if you try to do it all at once and think today's the day I'm going to take every thought captive going forward, you can't. It's like you're turning the Titanic around all in, you know, two seconds to miss the iceberg. You're going to hit it. Uh, You have to give yourself time. You have to give yourself grace. And the beautiful thing about God is that he is so gracious and he is so merciful. His loving kindness just is so overwhelming for you that there is time. Don't worry. He's not assuming you're going to be able to do this in one day. So don't put that on yourself actually receive the grace it takes to learn the new habit of taking every thought captive. I love that. Thank you so much for that encouragement. You're like the gem of uh, analogies. And I, <laughs> I love, love analogies. <laughs> I love analogies. Well, it's, I mean, when you really look at it, Jesus, that's what a parable is in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. he spoke that way all the time. And I believe our mind is designed to grasp those visuals um, easily. And so I really appreciate that you've shared that with us. Well, I don't want to keep you too long. I really appreciate um, your time and all the gems that you've given us today. Before we go, do you have uh, any closing thoughts? And, uh, you know, you've shared your website, but any other place you want to share with our women to head to? Yeah, no, I think um, I'd love to share with you. I have a favorite verse in the Bible. I like them all, but uh, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, especially in the NIV version says, but God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that in all things, at all times, having everything you need, you may abound in every good work. And I love the superlatives of that verse, how I can do it maybe some of the time pretty good, almost kind of, Uh, but God, he can do it all the time, abounding everything that I need to accomplish what he created me to do. And in that, you guys, there's so much confidence and courage and clarity so that we don't have to be running around like a chicken with our head cut off or in a fetal ball on the couch, not knowing if we can get up. Uh, We get to walk right down the center path that he created for us to walk with him providing all the resources. And I love that. Oh, do I have time? I'd love to share with you my, I I have a um, job description that I kind of tease around with God that this is my job description. Can I tell you what it is, Erin? <laughs> it's this, that I am the personal assistant to the king of the universe, 
And every morning I get up and I chat with him in private consultation. And then all day long, I run his errands and he provides all the resources and the pay is great, but the retirement plan is literally out of this world. And I love to tease around that that's actually our, that's our job description, you guys. That's what we're here to do. And as long as our mind is focused on the spirit, our life is peace and joy. And as long as it's focused on me, what I want to do with my body, my flesh, my money, my time, all that, then we are experiencing pain, uh, kind of a death to that dream. And even it says in Romans, hostility toward God. And that's the last place I want to be. I don't want to be hostile toward God. I want to be used by God. And so just set your mind on the spirit and learn to do it as a practice, as a habit, and it will get easier and easier as you go forward. I love that. So good. I'll take that job description. <laughs> I know, right? It's pretty, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to share with us and glean, let us glean a little bit of wisdom from you. I've really enjoyed it. And um, I'm sure that the women out there are going to get so much hope and encouragement as well. Oh, thank you, Erin. Great to be here. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling blessed by the content here, the number one way you can show me is by leaving me a written review of the show. I'd be forever grateful knowing that you're out there listening helps me know that I'm truly living out God's purpose in my life. The other thing you can do is take a screenshot of this episode, share it with a friend, or better yet, tag me on your Instagram stories. Remember, you are seen, known, and loved. May God richly bless you today. All my love, Erin Jean.